from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hey guys, I'm Pete Sanchez. You're listening to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Catholic Community of South Jersey. Thanks for joining in, listening in. Mike Walsh is my co-host. How, how's it going, Mike? Good. This is a we're doing back-to-back podcasts. We're uh, recorded one yesterday with Donna Ottaviano that went up. Uh, Donna Ottaviano Britt that went up uh, today, and now we're recording one today that'll go up tomorrow. So uh, people are going to get a lot of talking Catholic in their feed uh, yes. this week. No, I, I'm sure I, we won't get any complaints about that. No, I was going to say I hope people see that as a good thing. Yeah, I just hope they don't expect it because it is hard enough for us to uh, get together for an hour once a week, let alone uh, twice. This is a a rare opportunity for us. Yeah, well, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Happy to be here and happy to be here with you. We got uh, and we're out of and on top of that, we're out of the vault. We are. It's uh, and we just recorded a uh, a podcast in Atlantic City last week at the convocation, and we're up the road again uh, down in Atlantic City uh, on the other side of the island. Yeah, we'll the, be uh, southern end. We'll be back here in about a week. We'll be spending a lot of time in Atlantic City. Oh, that's right. I forgot we have that next week as well. Yeah, that's another exciting podcast. Man, I am really racking up the mileage. Okay. So we're going to have to call this Talking AC. We should do a whole like. We separate. do seem to come down here a lot. That <laughs> yeah. is true. I'm starting to think that the other shore towns are going to be upset with us soon. No, well, if any other, uh, you know, I, I, we were in Ocean City and last year. Yeah, we got to make it to some... But that's it. I mean, we we talked... I mean, this is about the same time of year last year that we said that we were going to do... In the summer months, we were going to do our best to hit every shore town. And what did we do? One. We did Cape May in July, June or July, and that was it. And that was for the uh, Catholic School's art show. Yeah. So we were a colossal failure last year. Let's see if we can do a better job this year. Sounds good. Hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see you guys in Apsekin and Stone Harbor or Avalon, which I've never been to. That might be a good opportunity to hit them up. Um, so we'll see. We'll you see. You know me, I'm always up for it. Yeah. And if you know anybody interesting that might be, you know, let us know. We'll see if we can come down. That'd be really cool. And we know they exist. We, we know they're there. Yes, we just, we just don't know who they are. So you got to let us know. <laughs> exactly. You got to let us know who they are. So, yes, so we we would love to come down. Yes, talking Catholic homework for our listeners. Yeah, suggest um, somebody to us, people. Yes, well, this is exciting. This is uh, in Atlantic City. The Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal are once again doing their first Saturday devotions. This Saturday, April sixth, from ten to three p.m. ten a.m. to three p.m. There's going to be Mass, uh, a talk with the Franciscan Friar of the Renewal, Adoration, Confession, Rosary, Music, Healing Service, and Benediction. No registration necessary, and it's free. I will be there. And if you want to hear a a glowing endorsement of it, go listen to the last podcast where Donna Ottaviano Britt waxed eloquent (sighs) over how wonderful that was. So much so that Pete wants to turn it into a standing ad for uh, for the... uh, uh, my name just drew a blank for the sisters. Uh, adoration yeah, thing. I think I'm wasting my breath. She did it. So, you know, I shouldn't even. I should just throw this away. We should just splice her in. No, nah, we've already said it. I'm not gonna. I don't want to go through all that trouble. Darn it! I'm, Sorry, I'm, Donna. I'm, I'm too lazy. Um, well, this is gonna be, and I think Donna will be there too. So this will be exciting. Say hello, uh, St. Michael's Church, 10 North Mississippi Avenue in Atlantic City. Uh, this Saturday, April 6th, 10 a.m., the first Saturday devotion. So, and for more info, call 609-343-1545. And then this, uh, this Sunday, 
is the Faithful Food Drive, the sixth annual Diocese of Camden's Faithful Food Drive, going on all over the diocese to combat food insecurity, which uh, you're not, there's too much food insecurity in the Diocese of Camden, around the world, really. It's those, um, it's really the fact that people and, ch- and children, they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. So help them out. Uh, the food donations can be dropped off at any Catholic church in our diocese this Sunday, April 7th. You can drop off non-perishable items such as canned goods, fruit juice, applesauce, canned tuna, canned uh, beans, peanut butter. So you can do that in any um, Catholic church or you can participate in the virtual food drive at camdendiocese.org slash faithful. That's F-U-L-L. And this is sponsored by Catholic Charities, the Diocese, and the Diocese's Life and Justice Ministries. And coming up in Camden at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception next week is the, once again, the speaker series that happens uh, one Wednesday a month at 7 p.m. in Cathedral Hall. This time, April 10th, it will be Deacon Joe Nines, who will be talking about communication in marriage and families. He's a permanent deacon in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and he holds a master's degree in clinical psychology and a Ph.D. in human sexuality. And Deacon Joe is in private practice as a marriage and family therapist in Flowertown, Pennsylvania. Again, this is uh, the Cathedral Parish of the Immaculate Conceptions speaker series at 624 Market Street in Camden, New Jersey, this Wednesday, April 10th at 7 p.m. So I hope to uh, come on out. And all these events and more can be found at camdendiocese.org. Right-hand side on the top there will be calendar. So come on out, see what the diocese has to offer. All the great stuff going on, all the good news going on. Yeah. So, Pete, why did we trek down for the second of three trips to Atlantic City? Well, what, for the, what, what, what blessed reason could we possibly be here? Well, the White House subs, right? You know, you always say that, but you, you constantly talk about White House subs, and yet I have never actually heard you go to it. I mean, you come to Atlantic City, you talk about it, and have you, when was the no, last I've time you actually- No, I've been there once. I did get an Italian sub. When? This was uh, not, when I, I, for, I don't know if when we were doing a podcast, but I was doing a story, and I brought it back with me, and it was good. You didn't eat it there? No, I brought it back to- You drove it, Kevin. you drove it an hour back? I transported it back, Yes. I feel like there might be a freshness issue there. Uh, our guest here is, uh, I think he's agreeing with Mike. I, you know, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was good. But see, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to stick around and have... Well, we are literally one block away. You can literally walk over if you have cash in hand. It's cash only, right? Oh, I think Joe it's Vicelli, is it I, our I guest? Think, I believe it is. Yeah, it I is. believe it is cash only. They so may you, have gone to credit cards or debit cards, but... Generally I find an ATM. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, maybe today won't be the day you get your you um, get your White House. Or Mike and Joe, if any of you guys have like 20 bucks. Joe who? I don't think we introduced Joe, did we? <laughs> I just said Joe Vaselli. Okay. Working who? in Catholic Charities as shift, what, what is your? Uh, on-site service On-site manager. supervisor. Yeah. Service manager. Service on-site manager. Service manager. Generally, I just keep eye on what's going on in the office. Coming in, going out, kind of stuff. I get, I get the impression Joe is the guy everybody asks questions to. Yes. Basically, yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. He, yes, he's <laughs> very is, knowledgeable. I'm a, I'm a, I wear many hats. Yeah, <laughs> he's a the pers- pers- personification of uh, in-house Google. You know, yeah. Joe, what do we need? Ask Joe. It, it yeah. you are 
spot on. <laughs> <laughs> and so how's it going today, Mr. Vaselli? It is going great. And that's a weird thing to hear because that's my father. <laughs> you can just call me Joe. <laughs> Joe, okay. <laughs> Think, things are going great today. It's, it's sunny out and it's, weather's churning and can't complain. Yeah. So, we, so, Joe, tell us about what this place is. We've actually, I've, I think I've been in the building two, three times in the last three years. And but it really is a, it's a, a number of services that are provided out of this uh, lovely building on the campus of St. Michael's Parish, or right off the campus of St. Michael's Parish in Atlantic City. So what all do you provide? Well, we're, you know we're one of the uh, family centers for the diocese. Uh, we're the Atlantic County office. Not we're located in Atlantic City, but we service all of Atlantic County. Um, we do a little bit of everything. I mean, we help with people with their uh, utilities, uh, rental assistance. Uh, we have a food pantry here that we give out food. Um, we also have uh, a thrift store. Uh, we also give out clothes to the homeless. We have the veteran program that works out of here. Immigration department comes and works out of here. Um, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I was going to say, you get a lot of foot traffic. Yeah, a lot of, lot of coming and going. But, um, you know, it's a good office and it's a... We, we do a lot of good work here. And it's a beloved office, actually. I never hear anything but, but great things about the, the work of the people here and what you're able to provide. That's Matter of fact, I think you were recently featured in the House of Charities video. Yes. As a matter yeah, of fact. Was, and I've had people come and drop stuff off and say, I saw you in the video. You were so great. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks. You were so great, Joe. Embrace I, I, it. It, well, was, you know, it was I, outstanding. I just I can talk about this office and, and what we do uh, to the ends of the time i just have difficulty talking about your own work yeah i'm i'm, I'm not a big fan of like talking about myself so well, this, this is gonna fun. be fun this should be an interesting podcast yeah. then. i can talk i can talk about catholic charities till i'm blue in the face well ask I, me a question about me i'm like well you know well i think we are going to start with a question about you though just okay. to make your life That's, more uh, more miserable okay uh you've been here for 15 years yes when you came here 15 years ago what, what, did, what did you do walking in the door um well one, I didn't think I'd be here 15 years later. That's usually how it works. <laughs> uh, I came in the door uh, just like anyone. I needed a job. Mm. Actually, my um, at the time, my uh, the youth minister that I was uh, helping out at uh, Our Lady of Sorrows uh, knew Sister Grace Nolan, who was the uh, director at the time. And he saw her at Mass and like, we need someone for work. And he's like, I know a guy. So I, I came on a Friday. Sister gave me a tour and... I started like three days later, four days later. Yeah, it was just like, and I haven't left since. <laughs> when you were, when you first that that first week, what were you doing? Do you remember? Um, a lot of a lot of the same stuff I do now. Like if stuff donations came in, making sure that was taken upstairs, sweeping, cleaning, stuff like that. Granted, since then uh, it's morphed into <laughs> a few more job works, a hundred more job works, and still have to do some of that stuff. But there's a lot more paperwork and helping with this and helping with that things that i never thought i'd get to do but i'm glad that i do get to do them. that's the beauty of uh institutional knowledge is you become very very um important to an organization when you've been there long enough and you actually know you know you know what's in all the drawers yeah you know? i know a lot of the faces walking in the door i know i i've i've been gracious and lucky enough to work with some great people and great supervisors that have taught me along the way yeah. like realizing my potential more than just what I started as. Mm -hmm. So kind of growing to knowing what I can do now, which is 
a little bit of everything. You know, it's it's the tr- the truth of the matter is on the job training. There's nothing better than all the job training. And th- I'm a guy who you know did eight years of college, and you know I've had certifications and other things. But the truth of the matter is, the stuff that stuck was everything I learned on the job, usually through trial and error. But yeah, there's, um, there's been a lot of yeah. trial and a whole lot of error. But sure, but it's it's do you learn from the error? Oh, I, yeah, that's you the know? most important mm-hmm. part. Absolutely, that's just good professional development right there. Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Hickey and uh, the executive director of Catholic Charities, I I tell him all the time, if there is one constant in Catholic Charities, is he has an eye and and his other supervisors have an eye for good talent of of like people who hard workers who have a great heart and understand what Catholic Charities is here to do and carry it out in their daily lives. Um, There's really, you know, in my brief time here, I haven't actually come across personally any rotten eggs. It's a a whole basket full of beautifully, you know, uh, uh, beautifully um, uh, painted Easter eggs. Just just gorgeous Easter eggs. Or in Joe's case, very bearded Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I remember Joe. You, I think I, I've known you. It's been a pleasure with the the Dawson retreats that we've had yeah. over the years. I see you about once or twice a year, and you're uh, that's, that's kind of how I, I know you with the beard. Yeah, there's there's been many uh, people who know me pre beard. When I first started, I didn't oh, have wow. a beard. I had like a little goatee, but I had hair that went down to my back. So people recognize me from that. But I've had this for like the last seven or eight years so of varying length but now what precipitated was I mean laziness what, laziness laziness uh, yeah i don't know how I all mean, the best like, beards come out of laziness yeah <laughs> i'm a big supporter of which that. then it in turn uh after a while it's it's easier to shave every day than it is to keep a beard somewhat kept mm-hmm. the laziness kind of loses its luster because you gotta like trim you gotta make sure this and wash yeah. it and condition it. it's more work than it needs to be that's why i went to the goatee actually is because I, I get to shave less in terms of the rest of my face but i really only have to cut around you know just a couple of inches of goatee on either side and underneath and then i'm done it's all straight it's, it's like i don't have to get around my nose i don't have to watch out for my lips i'm yeah. like it's like <laughs> man just Quick got easy stuff yeah Sh- me shaving in the morning takes all of uh i don't know probably 45 seconds and then uh once a week i hit it with the beer trimmer tighten up the goatee a little bit and i'm done now do you guys mike do you have the uh the, the electric razor or the shaving cream with the I, i'm i'm full shaving cream you too. I, yeah anytime i i just don't get a good cut from the other stuff no and with your uh and the uh joe do, do you i know people use beard balm i i just use shampoo and conditioner shampoo. okay well, uh, it looks a good. scissor to trim and then that's about it nothing more than that okay and so to get back to your um your beginnings so are you from this area where did you grow up i i am um locally from uh linwood i went to uh our lady of sars parish growing up Um, so i'm born and raised atlanta county uh thanks to my lovely parents who met here in Atlantic City so I get to stay here which is nice and that's why I think I another reason I like this office is my connection to Atlanta County so yeah and I'm sure uh, with with you you know you're you wear so many hats um, is it is it a case where you walk in and you kind of don't know what day you're gonna have 
Or is it oh, every absolutely. day kind of an Well, I feel like everyone has that kind of like you all yeah. go, everyone goes into the day. I'm sure you guys go into your work day going, I'm going to make sure I do this. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, all right, I'm going to do that instead. Yep. And maybe I'll go back to that. Mm-hmm. Happens every day. Like I have, you know, plans to make sure this is taken care of, but I can't control who walks through the door because anybody can need help on any single day of anything. Like someone could be in, just had a fire. You can't plan that. So you got to jump and do what you can. And there's certain days, certain days are, you know, by the book, you know, what's going to happen, but you know, man, and, and the service industry, it's just not you know, public service industry. That is just not something that is going to ever be the case. Yeah. No Even in our world. I mean, I had, I had four things on my calendar to do today. I did, I think, well, this is one of them. So I did one. I'm recording this all, podcast. All you can ask for sometimes <laughs> is at least yeah. to get one done. Cause you don't, each day is different. Yeah. So just got to go with the punches. So walk through, walk through today. How, how's, how's, what did you do today? Oh, uh, well, like, you know, get in 830, make sure everything's unlocked, open the door, greet clients that come in, find out who, if they have appointments, if they, what they need help with, directing them to where they go. If someone drops something off, make sure that gets to the room it needs to get to, make sure there's any reports that I need to have done or any paperwork or any emails. In fact, we're trying to, uh, the food bank down here is uh, going paperless. So instead of faxing an order in, we have to email. So myself and my coworker were trying to log into that this morning and it didn't work. So I've been emailing uh, the d- person at the food bank to try to get that working so we can put it, place our order in to get some food by uh, next week, hopefully. I'm curious, you know, this uh, you you this location does so many things. Just, I mean, if you could sort of like ballpark, kind of rank them. What, like most people walking th- through the door, what are their what are they looking for? Um, in an order, it's it it depends on the time of year. Uh, you know, during the early parts of the winter, there's a like a winter protection plan, so electric and utility help isn't as high. But right now, there's a lot more utilities because that ended. So there's a lot more people for that, and rent is all is a constant, and food's a constant. So it generally electric is the only one that varies, but food is definitely needed, especially you know since you know like Hurricane Sandy hit here, the casino crisis and stuff like that. Food has been the easiest, and it's the it's the smallest of them. It's the one that gets forgotten the most, but it's the most important because you you know you have to eat. Yeah got to eat every day you know that's something i we talk about on the podcast uh with some regularity particularly as when we're promoting the faithful food drive is i tell everybody you know the holidays are a great time to to make donations but um that need is is constant and oftentimes it's actually worse in the summertime when the kids are home from school especially i mean a lot down here because i mean it's where we're summer well actually it's yeah in the summer areas we get hit a lot more and down here some people can get places like more places to stay and they need more food and you know we don't get as much because you know kids aren't in school they're not hearing it from their teachers and not doing collections and and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely you know it's a definitely need all of the time and things like the faithful food drive truly do help places like our pantry downstairs and help us be able to give to people you know who don't have something to eat yeah because like pete said in the beginning you never know you know there's too many people out there who don't know if they're going to eat today and you if we can help like one person 
that's great. It, it is, and it is shocking too, just how much need is out there because you don't necessarily see it. Uh, the people who oftentimes are coming into places, uh, yeah, I think there's an image in a lot of people's minds of people in need being panhandlers. When the reality, the truth of the matter is, it could very well be a, a working family who's just having a hard time making ends meet. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've I've told um, we have the summer in the city program that comes through our building, and I always I go with, you know, with the homeless. There's always that image of a homeless person, disheveled, big beard, looks <laughs> unkept. I usually point to myself. I'm yeah. like, it's usually like me. But I go, you know, most of them look like your mom, your dad, your grandmom. Same with, you know, people coming in. You assume they're going to look destitute, ripped clothes. But I've I've known families from my parish who have come here to get help with food. I try to stay away because I know how hard that could be to, like, the, the pride factor and you know the embarrassment factor that some people feel but it they shouldn't because if they need help that's why places like catholic charities exist so i try to stay away of it you know it, and yeah it's it's you know it pains me i so I, I started my career many years ago in nonprofits with a with a company called volunteers of america delaware valley and it was the same thing, a, a lot of services being provided. And I learned quickly that what we, that where I thought need was, that need exists. I mean, there are people on the streets, there are homeless, the, uh, there are panhandlers. But the truth of the matter with the vast majority of them are people who do actually have a roof over their heads mm -hmm. and do have jobs, but they're minimum wage jobs. And, or it's a, maybe a halfway decent job, but there's a lot of mouths to feed. And not just, oh, they, they had five kids, but they have parents living with them or uncles and nieces, nephews. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, they take on a great deal of responsibility and they're trying to do the right thing that all of us hope to be able to accomplish, but sometimes the, the deck is just stacked against them and they just need they don't it's they're not looking for they're not necessarily looking for handouts it's just a little a little help just help me get through a little just bit and pass that speed bump in the road right the pothole yeah that's more that's far more often than than i think what people truly picture and that's not to say there aren't other people coming through here that that um you know sort of fit that fit what we picture yeah but uh, the ones that are are trying to do their best, I mean, those are the ones you, we all want to help. Well, the sister always said, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, each person that comes to the door, you try to picture them as Christ. Mm -hmm. No matter if they're trying to panhandle, if they're serious, you treat them like they are Christ because they very well could be. You know, mm -hmm. that could be Christ tempting you or, or trying to show you the way. And, you know, so that's been ingrained in my head from day one can you can you share because i'm friends with you on facebook and you, you are what i said you are yes and um one of the things i want to get i do want to do the three questions at the end mike okay um but right. but getting back that's another thing with facebook but what i wanted to talk about is recently you were sharing some stories about uh you develop relationships with these people over oh, 15 I know, years i know who you're talking about and can you can you share that with uh, the audience? I, th I really thought it was beautiful. Is, are you talking about George? Yeah. All right. Um, George, George, mind? <laughs> George. George. His name is George Ray. Uh, his birthday is Valentine's Day, so Mr. Valentine. Um, he's been coming here since I've been working here for years, and you know, as it goes, he was one person's uh, 
person. Like I always say, like within this field, you always become attached to one. There's always that special person you kind of like do a little bit more for. Uh, and he's gotten passed down to me because I'm the only constant since. Uh, he's a gentleman, older gentleman. He's like 80-some years old. Uh, can't read, can't write. Uh, so he's kind of like lost within the city. Uh, he's been going from like room to room for years, kind of getting tossed around because he can't read or write and he's a little older. Um, my old boss, uh, Nancy Hickman, helped put him into a new like uh, apartment. He's been there since. Um, and I've, he's come in, he's just wants to ask for like hot dogs and hamburgers and needs me to write something down for him or, you know, call this to find out if he can get on the like electric or this or that. Um, so I've known him forever and, you know, he's, he's a character for sure. Uh, a few weeks ago he came in and he's been talking about having to go to the hospital a bunch of times for something. He was saying he was going to Ocean City, but there's no hospital in Ocean City. It's in Summer's Point. So... Trying to read George is tough because, you know, he sort of tells you something, but you got to kind of like guess what he's saying. But then he told me that uh, he has, his doctor told him that he only has five or six months. Mm-hmm. And I was like, for a second, I didn't know what he meant. But the look on his face and like the pain I could see, I, I knew what he meant. And it, it crushed me. Yeah. Like it, 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 it was deep. It, like I tried to explain it to my my mom later that day, I said it felt like like you told me that. Yeah, and she's like, well, you know, maybe it's it's a, a thing in your brain. You remember, <clears throat> you you thought it was something like, like my parents telling me because my my parents have been sick, so I'm like yeah, maybe. But then it's like every time ever since like I never bring it up because I like it's yeah, uncomfortable. Sure. But I, he's been in since. Still his ornery, ornery self saying crazy things and such a character. He had me write something up for his uh, the manager at where he's staying because he couldn't write it. And he's like, I want three copies. I need some envelopes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right, George. You know, it's funny uh, listening to you tell that story. I, 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 Pete won't know this naturally, of course, but. You know, I could never work at Kath. I, I don't think I could work. At, I don't think Mr. Hickey would ever hire me because um, um, I lack a certain. I think I lack the level of empathy and sympathy that that most social workers and and people who would work at Catholic charities possess. Right? I'm just. It's not in my nature. It's like I I I I don't want anyone to be in pain. I don't want anyone to hurt. But I I never know what how to react to people when they're in pain. And so my my default is always to treat them, that you know, lovingly, of course, but treat them normally. Like right. just if if my shtick was that person was to be funny and helpful and you know mess with them and, and let them mess with me, you know, that's how I show them um, love. So I I suspect you know your reaction and the way you're you're helping George is probably perfect i'm sure that's what he wants is that's how we all want to feel is just to feel normal yeah no and it i mean you saying that you could totally work that's really how you deal with people Ah, damn it don't tell hickey you just talk you talk to people like you always would talk to them like there's no difference i mean george is still george yeah he's still character so i i'm not going to treat him any differently maybe he'll get like you know if he wants something i'll help him just a little bit more (laughs) but like i'm not 
I don't go too far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Well, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, the truth of the matter is, you, this is also a you know professional organization, and you do have to you know there are certain things you have yeah, to yeah, keep well, tight to. So nothing, nothing don't go out of the bounds. Of, right, of, exactly. But at the same time, we're also Christian, and that's what we do: is we we try to go the extra mile where we can. Absolutely. You know? That's uh, as as you said, as if Christ came to the door. Which I will have to remember because sometimes I, that I do have moments where that is difficult for me. It's it yeah. There's moments here. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah. There's there's people who who come in who aren't the happiest people in the world, and you you know it's it's a challenge to keep you know stone faced and not like feed into their kind of thing. But you know it's every day. Well, you know, it's and life. that that is the tricky part, you know. I have a lot of social worker friends. Well, I've had over the years many social worker friends. And the the truth of the matter, yeah, it, that it is. I mean, you you kind of I've 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 asked them, I've asked them even at Catholic charities. You know, how do you like how do you handle like how do you handle that that mental toughness that you need because you you see such so oftentimes you'll see such devastating things happen to people and you know i often you know i i, I am probably a wuss in that matter in the sense that the stuff would rock me and i wouldn't want to come back so i'm curious i mean you've been here 15 years you've helped a yeah. lot of people yep. how do you keep coming back after 15 years um it's a combination of a lot of things i think you know the mission of what catholic charities does you know when i started was oh that's you know it's a nice thing i like to help but it's definitely like become like no, that's it's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, it's one of it's like a priest that comes here, Father Wise, once said, you know, it's not a job for you anymore. It's like it's just your mission. It's what you're here for to be part of this and help. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, and a lot of it too is, uh, like I said earlier, just the people I've gotten to work with have made it good. Because when you have days like that where you're rocked from a story the coworkers that you have around you are immense because they also have experienced stories. So like you can kind of vent your worries and, and kind of like concerns and how it makes you feel and they understand and you have somebody they can confide in and be able to laugh and joke. And so I've, I've, I would not be sitting in this chair in this office doing this podcast without all of the people I've worked with without a doubt. Like, I mean, I, I, wholeheartedly believe I would not be here because of without any of them as much good as I am or mm -hmm. people say that I'm really good now nah, without them there would be no me I think that is very noble of you to know that although I suspect there's something inherent to you as well that makes that possible but although you also you, you mentioned her earlier sister Grace Nolan yeah. who is uh, you know famous in this area for her charity and and the way she ran the this office I, I owe I owe her dearly uh, my, I'm lucky enough that her desk is my desk. When she when she retired, I got her desk. And when I retire from Catholic Charities, I already have let Kevin know I don't want a plaque. <laughs> I just want that desk. Because <laughs> that desk means so much to me and yeah. to Catholic Charities because so many people's lives were changed over that desk, mine included. Yeah. So to me, that desk means so much. And she, she was there for me when my parents got sick. She's the one who – there was no – Back then, I was only part-time, and there was no option for full-time when my parents got sick, and I needed more money. I needed more hours. I needed to help, you know, help them. Yeah. They were struggling, and, you know, so she went to bat, and here I am. Mm. 
Nice. So I, I owe her everything, and I, there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't think of her. Uh, you Catholic Charities people are so annoying. They're, <laughs> they're so nice and good, and they help each other out, and they help other people out. Uh, I don't understand it. We can Sorry. learn a lot, Mike. Uh, so yeah, come on down. Door's always open. Yeah, that's, and it's, it, well, what's wonderful here, too, you're also the same parking lot as the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal. We are. And you see them, I think we were talking, you, you see them... Uh, yeah, we we have we have interacted. We've worked together. They've dropped you know donations that they receive that you know maybe they can't use for for their uh, ministry that we could use. And I remember when they first came, it was like the day two or three after they arrived. They went to like a mass in like Vineland, and before they left, they gave them a ton of food. And I mean, it was like giant bags of lettuce that you would feed you know a high school with and there's four of them <laughs> so like they were like well i can't use it can you guys sure and luckily it was like the day we were doing a, a food give out so we were able to give people you know fresh lettuce and tomatoes and some sort of thing that just didn't come in a can so yeah. it was really it was like the perfect timing the holy spirit does seem to work wonders for both like uh, the cfr sisters and catholic charities it, it, things just seem to you know otherworldly line up to to be beneficial so i have uh, in my my career you know we you know we never discussed the holy spirit because i worked in the secular world right. and since i've been here the last three and a half years i'm like i actually have, i'm more in tune to <laughs> the spiritual benefits to to our catholic faith that seem to materialize out of no place thank you holy spirit um but no, I mean that's that's so beautiful. So on on a given day, how many people would you say? I know it, it would fluctuate, but let's say a ballpark average. Like how many people would actually walk through the door? Um, it like you said, ball, ballpark or maybe over months. Or... I I could tell you. Uh, I know Adam who does the utility uh, easily gets fifty to sixty phone calls a day that he wow, returns really? and calls back, and you know we can have anywhere between you know fifteen to thirty just random walk-ins. You can have. I know Adam has like 15 appointments scheduled today, so I don't know how many of them arrived or how many people had to change and cancel. So it always varies. And surprisingly enough, the weather does play a part. If it's really raining, eh, we don't see as many walk-ins, but we still get the phone calls. But, you know, really hot day, we could have all walk-ins. You guys are on a bit of a busy stretch here. Atlantic yeah, Avenue is right We're there. We're right off the bus line, so oh. we're real easy access for any especially for like you know since we service all of Atlanta county i mean we're in atlantic city hamilton still mm -hmm. Atlanta county that's a hike or buna is still part of here and you know well, so they take the bus or they can take the bus or drive wow. here so it's it's all it, we try to do as much as we can we used to way back we had like a like once or twice a week we went up to uh hamilton and had like a, a center there but you know that was years ago. <laughs> was it? Wow. That was like two, three bishops ago. <laughs> well, I've talked to Mr. Hickey about that. Give you guys some help elsewhere. Because yeah, it, it is, a, it's, a, it's a huge area. I mean, even, uh, I know there's an office in Cape May, and people don't realize, you know, Cape May is a fairly small county, but it is a long county. Yeah. It's a long time from one side, one we end to the other. We people from Ocean City calling here, and it's like, well, you're Cape May County, you got to call the Rio Grande office, but you don't think of yeah. Ocean, Ocean City as the Cape May they're two separate entities but yeah they're the same yeah no it's it, and that's the thing is you know the the western side of the state you know Camden Gloucester Salem um, I think 
you know, because there's a greater population over there, you know, people naturally assume everything we need to focus on is on that side of the state, particularly as someone who grew up on that side of the state. What you really don't realize is, you know, most people think of the shore area as the barrier islands and and nothing more, but actually there are a lot of people on this side of the state, you know, a lot of need. It's, it's, it's not just, you know, (laughs) the summer rentals. Yeah, there's people who you're all around. Yeah. Now, I I think you might have heard this story, Mike. It's funny. When I started working for the diocese 12 years ago, I was excited because I knew Long Beach Island. And that was like an hour away. I'm like, great. I'll be going to Long Beach Island. That's in the Diocese of Trenton. Yeah. So, really, I've been blessed to go to these places down the shore, Ocean City, here, Summers Point, Wildwood, that I've never really been before. And it's they're amazing. They're beautiful shore communities and towns and good good uh good people building up the church in all these in all those areas. Cape May County, Mike, that was beautiful. It was raining when we were down there last year, but gorgeous. Was it? it remember when we were there for the art show, it was pouring. I'm I was hoping to explore that area, but I just I went home because well, it was thundering I, I don't and lightning. Okay. The um, well, I'll, uh, actually, just for your own edification, Pete, uh, Cape May is one of the beautiful, most beautiful places in the world in the rain. It's absolutely gorgeous because it's all those Victorian homes. Just it, it looks like it's kind of like right out of like some sort of like a, an a, an English painting of like you know yeah. like Camden Town in London, something like that. Yeah, it was it so. was at night, maybe during the day. I Actually, been... come to think of it, I used to work down the shore, and uh, I have a picture of Ocean City in my office. That people often ask, "Oh, did you take that picture?" No, I didn't take it, but I love that oh, picture because yeah, because it, it, it reminds me of when I worked down here. And there is nothing more. There's nothing I love more than say February on a rainy night, like a, like a dusky rainy night, and just the, the downtown areas of the shore towns. There's just something beautiful about it. They're so quiet, and all the lights are blinking yellow. It's it's every local's favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. May, th- April through September, awful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Just but, going to like a Wawa's. And I guess, does yeah. bus- I guess, speaking of that, is does business pick up for you during the summer? It can. It can. Again, it's all relative to what's going on in the area like you know when the casinos were you know failing and a lot of them are closing yeah we were bombarded uh you know hurricane sandy hit in october we were bombarded and stuff like that it really depends on what's going on um i'm curious um like how for how long because atlantic city has taken an uptick over the last couple years Thank God, um, but um, when when this when the casino was really getting hit hard, um, like how many people were coming there? What were you like? What did you see yourself? Uh, what was being spiked in terms of services being offered? Well, it was tough because a lot of people um, that worked in the casinos, you know, there were a lot of people needing help with rent, but a lot of them, you know, were families, so a lot of them had mortgages, and a lot of the grants and things that we have tend not to be able to cover mortgages, so it was tough to see that. Um, food was always needed because you know you got to save that money that you would buy food to pay your rent or pay your mortgage or make sure your electric stayed on. So that was a lot of a lot of food. Food is always food's always needed. Mm. Anytime someone comes in for electric help or rent help, we also ask about food. Yeah, it's just kind of like you need it, and any little extra you can get. I mean, it's extra you can get. So if you if you you know you're struggling, maybe you have some you know corn 
in your house. But if you can get a little bit more. Yeah. You know, it brings up a good point. So we've talked a couple of times now that food is so important. What are the best things for people to donate uh, in terms of food for the a food pantry or the faithful food drive? Like I, we know shelf, shelf stable, but like what products themselves? Products? Um, I can, I'll, I'll speak for our pantry. Oh, um, I'll show you guys after we're done this, how <laughs> low we are in certain things. Uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter is a big one. Cause I mean, we get jelly, but eating a jelly sandwich isn't all that tasty, mm-hmm. but a peanut butter, it's okay. And if you don't have the bread, at least peanut butter is some sort of like protein and, and stuff. And it's more substantial. Uh, tuna fish is always great. Cause you can always eat that. And most of stuff like that, uh, you know, things like that are always good. Cereals are, are great. Um, any kind of can soup, our soup low is low because it's a meal. Mm-hmm. Like you can make a can of soup and it's a meal. It's something you can eat. Um, so stuff like that. I mean, really anything on the list of that Pete talked about earlier is great. I mean, the need is great. I mean, in all of, you know, South Jersey for sure. And, you know, I think... It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and I, I recommend if you're listening to this podcast to bring over some canned goods to your local church. Okay. Well, Pete, you, you said you had three questions you wanted to ask. Do you actually know what those three questions are? I do. Okay. I, I know for once. I, I, now, keep in mind, he did say he's very nervous about talking about himself. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Although, he's done an excellent job so far. He does. No, I mean, and I, I would hope that our friendship to Joe because I've known you I think that, that hopefully that will help you break out of your shell I'll try I've got a I've got a hard shell I don't know you're you're, you're uh, no I, I say that but I'll, I'm I'll be able to, I'll answer your questions okay thank you give well them, give them to me Pete what okay, do you got so, so I know you are a baseball fan I am you are a Phillies fan and right before this you told me you were a Giants fan I am so I want to get your hot take hot on takes. the season for both teams uh, the Giants are be awful. <laughs> uh, they're 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 they have the same problem like the Yankees of old had, and also the Phillies after the World Series in two thousand eight. Uh, they have all their good players. Like Phillies had, you know, Utley and Howard and all them making way too much money, but not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Same with the Giants. They have you know Posey and Crawford and Belt. Too much money, not really doing anything. Uh, so they're tough, and plus their division is tough with L.A. Which, uh, LA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, do you think Bumgarner's going to get traded? Absolutely. He really? Should. He should. You can get you can get draft picks back. Why not? You can get better players. You can build up your farm system. It doesn't make sense to keep somebody that you know you're not going to use. Try to get money out of them. Try to get something out of some player. A lot of teams sit on that too long. I think um, if I remember, I'm trying to remember back in the Phillies, they had like. Drebeck and they sat on him forever oh, and, then, yeah. and then it's like you could have gotten rid of him and then he, he went out and he was a dud so you gotta get what you can get when you can get it uh, the Phils this year I think they'll be good I mean the bullpen's scary but it's always I mean they did give up a walk bases loaded walk yesterday <laughs> yeah walk off walk uh, <laughs> but you know their 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 lineup is solid uh, and they got some pieces to play with they got some you know names and I can talk about baseball longer than I can talk about Catholic charities. Oh, not saying a lot. Yeah, well, I, th- I think I think uh, with Bumgarner, he had the great year. What is it, twenty fifteen? Yeah. Where he he won like four games. I mean, in the World won Series, that yeah. series for them. Yeah. I never ha- I've never seen a postseason performance like that. No, it was I, it was I impressive. Never will again. And 
Yeah, it was. That's... It was. It's. I've been very blessed in my uh, lifetime to be able to see the Giants win a couple World Series and to yeah. be able to see the the Phillies win one in '08 and, and forget about '93, that whole <laughs> Joe oh. Carter thing. Forget about yeah. that. But uh. but that you know that has a special place in my heart because what was I, eleven when that happened? So like. I'm a young kid. That's formative right Baseball, there. Baseball, like Harry mm-hmm. Callis and, you know, on the radio, listen to that while I'm like, yeah. and, the, and that team is just. Yeah. That'll still yeah. be my favorite team. I mean, even even more so than the 08 team. That the eight For, for me, I was eight in, in 80. So the 80 team was it will always be my first love. That 93 team, I was in college, and that was when I was probably at the height of my baseball fandom. So that 93 team, even though the, the Joe Carter thing happened, um, still – I mean, I can tell you, I can rattle off everybody on that team. And the and the 08 team, you know, I, I liked that team. I liked it a lot. But um, I think maybe because I was older and actually I just had a kid that year, so my focus was a little off. I think that will always be my third favorite uh, World mm-hmm. Series team. There's no way around it. Yeah, I think 93, 93 had the characters like uh, like John Cruck and um, Pete Incavelia. Those kind of guys. There's gritty Darren Dalton. Yeah, but it also had Jim Eisenreich, a guy who yes. had, who his entire career had been plagued by Tourette syndrome, yeah. and and then God bless him has this magical year where where he gets to go to the the World Series, and still I still one of my favorite players from that team just because of his backstory, on top of being a pretty decent outfielder. And then you had yeah. Terry Mulholland, you know, who we had been oh, for yeah. so many years wanted to see him do great things, and he finally makes it to the the final game. It was awesome. Danny Jackson, that defining moment when Danny Jackson ripped open his shirt like Hulk Hogan. And Are we going to call that a defining moment? Moment. I, his you know, when I moment. think <laughs> about when I think about that postseason, that's the image with Danny Jackson ripping off his shirt, flexing. You know, like he mm-hmm. was all pumped up, ready to. I remember every moment of that season. That is not the the one that I uh, doesn't stick what out. About, no, although about, it's certainly, but I would not put that at the top of the list. A memorable moment, but I would not call that. What the top about of the list. Mariano Rivera on Mother's Day hitting a walk off grand slam off Lee Smith? Yes, that that was, was huge. That was huge. That Absolutely. was or Milt Thompson making that great catch. I think it was against the Padres. So those kind of moments. For me, it was. This is not a defining moment either. It's just one of those moments. I I always want. I wanted to call up WIP and talk about it the day after it happened, um, but I was. I think I was still too young to call. I think I was. Uh, I think I was under the age of twenty one, and you had to be twenty one or over to call. Um, if I remember correctly, the last out of the game was of uh, the, where they won the division was actually a sing a a grounder. To, to Cruck, who I think threw it to, I want to say, Don Paul or Ron Paul. I think he was a reliever we picked up in September. Don Paul, yeah. Don Paul, and flips it to Paul. Paul makes the final out, and nobody runs over to congratulate Paul. Everybody runs together because he'd only been on the team for a couple of weeks. I was like, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> he just made the final out to, to secure the playoff run, and uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't. Nobody came over to congratulate him. I remember thinking about that, going, "Oh, bummer." But I think if nothing else shows you my love of the 93 team is the fact that I can remember that particular moment. I love that, Mike. That's that's cool. So you all can go elsewhere now. (laughs) I'm the king. uh, Okay, so that was question one. Question one. Okay, question question number two. two. Okay, question two. Joe, um, what's your favorite? uh, Can you say is is there in Atlantic City with the boardwalk? Okay. You want to know what my favorite thing? Yeah, yeah, just like 
Uh, Food what, or like... What's tough? Uh, I mean, Atlantic City-wise, uh, you know, eating on the boardwalk was never really the thing to do. My memories of Atlantic City as a kid were not so much boardwalk-related. Uh, my father works in the casino industry, and my grandmother would come down with her friend John, and we would meet them where my dad worked, and John would give us a couple dollars, which was always great because, you know... How am I going to get baseball cards without that? <laughs> um, but we would—I would always get—we would always get room service, and it was the greatest thing ever. Oh. So my memory is a bacon cheeseburger, a cherry coke, and a New York style cheesecake. That's my Atlantic City. Like that's what I like now. Obviously, I can Tony's Baltimore Grill get some pizza or. I got. I got to tell you, that is. I don't order room service very often, but on some occasions, like I fly into town really, really late, and I'm starving, and I get room service. That is my room service order: a bacon, a cheeseburger. bacon cheeseburger with cheesecake, New York style cheesecake, oh, and cherry coke. cherry coke or coke. One of, yeah, one well, of those it's got to be a coke. Probably. Yeah, but that's that yeah. is what I get. Maybe this might be once every three years that actually happens, but well, it's hard to go wrong with the cheeseburger, oh, really no, especially not, hotel cheeseburgers. You get hotel just, bacon, just, yeah, hotel oh. bacon is so good. No, and wow, that bacon cheeseburger, yeah. I'm hungry now. But you're, you're a, getting White House, man. Yeah, get yeah, White House. The, get White House. Well, the third question, Joe. Uh, one of the things I love about your Facebook account is every day you put up a new music song. A song of a day, yeah. I love it, and. Could you, this is on the spot. On the spot. But could you give us like three to five curated songs right now that you can think about for this podcast, Talking Catholic? Or just one? Wait, what? Huh? So uh, you want me to, like, if you like wanted, what would be an appropriate a, song for Talking yeah, Catholic? Yeah, if there was a Talking Catholic mix, just sure. like knowing what you know about Mike and I or the church or something. That's a tough question. That is Pete. a tough question. I don't man, know. I, can, like I mean, a soundtrack to Talking Catholic. Mine would all be like, <laughs> I would probably be all songs that I could somehow turn into insulting Pete uh, out of them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You're a loser, baby, right? Yeah. Well, back. I do like Radiohead, so I mean, that, yeah. it's Beck. Oh, that's Creep. Oh I'm sorry. I was, I was getting, no, I was getting Creep uh, confused with Beck. I don't know. Oh, that's that's, a, that's a tough, that's a tough. Or just. Okay, that's then, very let, then let me think of another question then, if you're stumped with that. Uh, yeah, that one, I don't... Well, you have to put thought into that. You're, you're asking that's a... It's a hot question. I gotta, I gotta loaded. sit. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah, when I do that music post, it's... it's I I think it out. Like, it's... I, I don't... I've been doing it for years just because... For me, growing up, music was the thing I gravitated to, like, liking the most. Because when I was a kid, I could only watch TV till a certain time. And then you had to go to bed. So, my friend was the radio... I remember, I remember being able to use the radio and like get Channel Six mm -hmm. on, and Monday Night Football was on, so I'd be able to listen to Monday yep. Night Football through the radio and like, so like music to me has been such a connection. So I think about it like each month. I try to think, okay, what song can I do that? This month is uh, my mom's picking all the songs. Is my mom's birthday was yesterday, so Aww. so she's yeah. been picking, which is good and bad. <laughs> I love, <laughs> so I love my mom, but it's like I'm like, well, can I have the song? Okay. 10 o'clock at night I need that song oh right just send this I'm like okay huh. thanks mom <laughs> so what has she picked uh, today she picked a Tony Bennett song uh, Tony Bennett's one of her favorites uh, she picked Cool and the Gang Celebration yesterday nice. well, for okay. her birthday she put a classic uh, she, she picked a pink song really your mom picked my a pink mom, song my I mom my mom enjoys pink, pink. Uh, and the first song she did of the month April Fool's Day she goes she picked a uh, the main ingredient everybody plays the fool wow i like it your mom hey listen you may not agree with everything your mom's picks but everything you just rattle off 
I totally signed off. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I get a lot of musical things from her. I get it from my dad too, but you know, That's I love not, it. I have memories with music with my mom. So, what, what is your top three? Just quickly, I'm curious what kind of music. Top three movie, songs top of three, all time. Top yeah. three songs. Ooh, Oof, man. Or just uh, some, some music that you like. Uh, I really. This is a weird one. Not weird, but. Uh, I really love the song Green Onions by Booker <gasps> T and the MGs. Yes. It is one of yes. my it's one of my favorite songs ever. Mm-hmm. The, can I just interject? We're talking about baseball. One of the best baseball cues of any movie in the Sandlot. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where the rival team comes up and they play that song. That's yeah. the cue. Lo- the guy I kids love, right and then they go song. back and forth with insults. Um oh. Yeah, I love that. I mean I I like I guess if I go favorite songs, a lot of them are kind of like memories of childhood. So I remember that growing up. I remember like, um, what's the name of the song? I'm just blanking on the song on the spot. Uh, Don't Get Around Much Anymore. It's a jazz song by like um, Duke Ellington. And uh, there's a version of Duke Ellington and uh, Louis Armstrong. It's my grand. It was my grandfather's favorite song. So at, at his, uh, like after his uh, funeral, there's a re- like kind of reception at the, at the VFW hall and I remember my grandmother dancing with my uncle to that song so like that's one of those songs every time I hear it I think of it and stuff like that like my connection to music is that I I like everything I'm I can too much and you know I think Pete I I find that my favorite songs tend to ebb and flow depending on a my mood and b where I am in life you know like my favorite songs were far different 20 years ago than they are now and honestly even six months ago they're probably different than where yeah. where they are now I, I agree I think with with the same thing I, I, I think with both of you Mike because yeah I mean I could listen to some days I'm like I want to listen to Beastie Boys or you know Def Leppard other times I want to listen to K-Love you know Christian Radio did you so. put uh, Beastie Boys and Def Leppard in the same universe so like you would they would have them on the same track well, like, just kind of like rocking Okay. They're both hanging out. can the... be like Paul Revere. I mean, so he, some of the songs are a little objectionable, I know, but I. Hey, listen, one likes what they like. I, yeah. I don't, but, and, I don't hold it against anything. And I think um, I read a study that said when you turn 33 years old, the st- statistics show that those who turn 33 stop listening to new music. And it was funny because when I heard that, I was 33, and I just started listening to the oldie station. You know, I fight that because I think that is true. I think you do stay locked into sort of that moment. I don't know. I don't know about the age thing, but I think you do reach a, a wall when you just sort of stop being interested in music. And I really fight. Like, I will watch the Grammys every year just to force myself to be aware of what's where new, what's, what's new and what's at. And I will admit that oftentimes I don't like it, but um, I do try to be aware. Yeah, there's, there's, there is good stuff still being made, and I still listen to it, but I, I do tend to listen to I mean, my – I know those who will be listening to this who know who I am know my wheelhouse. There's a joke that uh, I stopped really caring about music uh, – at ni- in 1996 so anything past 1996 it doesn't matter <laughs> but everything below it I'm all for and I, I mean it's sort of true I, I mean it's my formative years so mm-hmm. I was you know 14 or 12 or whatever however 14 I was 14 math mm-hmm. but yeah so I still dig into that alternative early 90s that I listened to yeah it was my I was a teenager running around with my friends it was on the radio it was everywhere you couldn't avoid it mm-hmm. flannel shirts and Mm-hmm. I still wear flannel shirts. 
That's right. I do remember you in your flannel shirt. I, 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 yeah, I always wear them. Well, I'm, we're missing one today. Well, you know, I had a. Uh, I'm at work. I can't wear flannel. It's against the dress code. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I gotta, yeah. I gotta dress a certain way. It's dress code. Okay. I didn't, I didn't know you. Why, why can't you wear flannel at work? I don't know. I, I, well, I a, it's dress code. B, obviously, has a boss who is not as lenient as your boss is, letting you wear sneakers and some of the stuff you roll into work wearing. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't make, don't make me turn Mr. Hickey on you. Uh, and, and you know, I only work. You can get out of work and put a flannel shirt on, and I have. And well, I've worn a flannel shirt as like a an overshirt when it's you know snowing chilly. outside. But it's it's beautiful outside, so I don't really need a flannel shirt. You know, this is really a lot more flannel shirt conversation than I was anticipating today. I appreciate it because I love flannel shirts. But uh, welcome. Dude, they're very com- well. We're kind of phasing out of them now. It's getting a little warmer. Yeah. This uh, is uh, no, this is this is this is the time of year when it tricks you. Because I've—I mean, I was born on May nineteenth. My birthday is May nineteenth every year, hasn't changed in forty-seven years. And uh, I, some of the coldest—I've yeah, had some of the coldest days in, in May around my birthday. Got to be prepared. Yeah. So the flannel—flannel flannel doesn't go away till June. That's what I say. Especially down here, you get the ocean breeze. Mm-hmm. Go out on the boardwalk in the middle of the night. I mean, they sell hooded sweatshirts in August. Yep. On the boardwalk, and people are wearing it. So. Yep. All the shoebies—you can always tell who the shoebies are because they're the ones the ocean wearing ocean city shirt. That's right. Well, look for Joe. In the flannels and on and the boardwalk, the, you'll find I mean, me. Yeah, on the boardwalk near uh, what's place? I'll be, I'll be the big bearded dude walking down <laughs> in eating, his flannels. A, eating a vanilla ice cream cone from Core Brothers. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh man! Oh, All righty. Well, thank you very much, Joe, for being here. We My appreciate pleasure. it. My and, pleasure. And uh, Pete, thanks for setting this up. And everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks, and uh, next week, who knows what we're going to have? Because I'm going to be posting some of the the convocation plenaries uh, probably as early as next week. So you'll be getting those in your feed. And uh, but we'll try to put in some interview podcasts as well. I think I know we have one next week oh. that uh, Pete is really looking forward to. So you guys have to listen to that one or he'll be very upset um and uh yeah it's good so thank you everybody